One, two, three. Welcome in, guys. This is the very first episode of Profiles. I am going to be introducing and interviewing my friend Jolter. He is a fellow Rocksmith streamer like myself, and I'm a big fan of his. He just hit 1,500 followers on Twitch today. So can we get a, a good congratulations to him there? Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure to be um, here. That's yeah, what he's to say, a, uh, a UK-based, I, I, you know, I need to get, get used to this now, right? UK-based Twitch streamer from the metalcore band called Of Our Design. And that's how I know about you guys, uh, Of Our Design. So how has uh, Twitch been uh, treating you? Pretty good, you know? Um, yeah. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get going. We'll get it's, it's going. Been, it's been pretty crazy, actually. I think the um, you know the 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 year leading up to being a year old on Twitch is has been a crazy ride. Um, right. Uh, can you, you know, can you actually say when you started streaming? I I know roughly when I started. Um, a specific date I can't remember too much, but I think it's in June. Uh, right. was the day I specifically started uh, playing Rocksmith. And that's kind of what I count as my first day. Yeah, um, no, I totally agree. I know I know. if you count the first time I ever went live, it was basically a year, um, probably January or February. So it's probably yeah. been a year since I went live for the first time ever. Right. But, when, when was, like, basically the day that you realized, okay, this is real, uh, there's no going back, <laughs> because it's it's a really, really weird realization when all of a sudden you do start building something, and it, it takes off a tiny bit, and then you're like, okay, I'm locked to a schedule, I have to show up for these people, like, I'm committed to it. Like, w when did that sink in for you? Because I know for me, I feel like... I didn't know what I was getting myself into until it was too late, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I I think it probably happened pretty quickly for me. Um, when, when I first started streaming Rocksmith, um, it just kind of went from nothing to a large amount of people real quick. Wow, that's a zoom on my face. Yeah, so it was kind of very quickly went from, you know, a couple of people to like 15 people and at that point it was just kind of i was just kind of riding that wave and i was not expecting anything from it you know uh, i just kind of went in i did not know anyone from the rocksmith community so i just started playing and right. streaming rocksmith and you know kind of yeah it was just i, d I still don't know what i'm doing really i'm just kind of <laughs> riding yeah, that I mean, wave of uh doing whatever i can <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely all just kind of winging it, and um, it, it's it's a weird thing because we're kind of part of this strange wave of all these brand new broadcasters that came out just because there's too much time on our hands. Like mm. we're we're in such a weird, unique position where there are just so many people who are interested in in this kind of stuff now who would have never been introduced to it prior. Like even too, I would say I've been on Twitch for a very, very long time. I remember like watching people and stuff like that, but I don't think I really engaged in Twitch until about a year ago, which is still incredibly early, right? But mm -hmm. then now it's like we we have 
kind of brought in this entire new breed of people who probably never realized they want to watch this type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think I must be exactly the same as you because my Twitch account has been active since like what 2014 2015 something right. crazy like that and i don't even know what i did back then because i never used twitch um i think yeah. i probably <laughs> only ever watched overwatch league and xqc that was probably it like that in right. my early days of twitch so kind of mad to think where we are now and like i only used to follow like three people um back then and now my follow list is insane well, and then that's another thing, too, is that it's the type of people that you followed back then as well are are basically the the people that bring you into the platform aren't necessarily the ones that you stay for. But I would say that that's even starting to shift a little bit as well, because mm -hmm. uh, if you noticed, Twitch heavily promotes the music section, which I honestly, up until this year... Yes, music's existed on Twitch, but I don't. I was familiar with a couple of Rocksmith streamers. I I didn't really realize that there was kind of this much going for it, and I believe that Twitch realizes this. Obviously, they they realize this. They want to promote the music section because these are people who have built up brands either through bands or you know, other platforms and stuff like that, who are going to bring an audience to the platform, which again, I think Twitch knows that they have like that iron grasp on, on the gamers, right? It's, mm. it's kind of the go-to place for games. I, I know there's YouTube and stuff like that, but if you think I want to watch someone play a video game, <laughs> you go on Twitch like that. That's kind of your, your standard. And then now you're seeing like a ton of bands that are totally out of work. Their traditional form of revenue doesn't exist anymore which is touring it's not you know as far as i know <laughs> i yeah, think the no, majority of bands right. make their money off of touring and again do they make enough money to begin with probably not but then to to have something like that completely chopped off and uh yeah a bunch of people are coming onto the platform because they need to be able to make some sort of money right <laughs> yeah i I think I think I was thinking the other day, um, just just kind of how crazy it is to be in a position where we are almost on par with you know people who I, I personally would look up to um, yeah. in crazy ways. Uh, you know, like um, big example, Mike from All That Remains. You know, um, he's he's very new to streaming, and to be almost on a level of uh, being a peer as mm -hmm. Ma michael that remains um blows my mind you know so yeah it, it's kind of crazy well and, and it, it's interesting too because it, it it's so cool to be able to communicate with people like that who you know we look up to as you know i go to the show i go to see all that remains and everything like that all that remains was the first band i ever went to go see like on my own, you know, the one that I got to choose to go to, I specifically went for All That Remains. But that's the thing, though, is like being in a band and a performer and everything like that, it's just a totally different skill set. And it doesn't necessarily translate. No. And I, I do believe that is kind of why that happens. And, uh, you know, it kind of puts us it kind of knocks us all down together of like we're we're still at this ground level of starting 
because it's entirely a DIY thing. And a lot of these bands, you know, started as DIY bands and, and different kinds of stuff like that. So they have knowledge of running the whole show, but mm. you make it all on a computer and, and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's kind of wild. It, it's really your imagination can, can run wild with how you want to move forward with stuff. And not all of it translates. Mm. Nothing teaches you how to read a chat right. and talk to people <laughs> while you're playing guitar anyway. Right. Um, right. that was a, that was a skill that I definitely do not know how to do until, um, a good while on Twitch. So, <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And, well, and that's like coming back to the, at, at what point did you realize, oh, there's no turning back. I, I've kind of started a thing. It's it, it, you just start to realize, oh, okay. Maybe, you know, in my situation, I was like, I want to do some rocksmith stuff. I'm somewhat competent or I guess confident rather in my guitar playing, but I wouldn't say I'm, you know, I'm a great guitar player or anything like that. I was just kind of thinking like, it sounds like a fun thing. And maybe if I pitch it as, you know, this is for me, I'm getting better at guitar. If you want to watch, that's kind of a cool thing, but it just totally didn't end up being that like at all. It was, it was more of a, I wanted to do a stream where I picked my own songs and then it really turned into right away. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, if you want to request a song, like, I guess, I guess I'll give it a shot. Right. And, and it was just like, from there on, it was, oh, okay. I, I guess I, I'm doing this now. Just three to four hours of us getting bullied basically. Right. Yeah. And like, <laughs> the, honestly, that's, that is one of those things that I know personally, I've gotten so much better at guitar because i'm just getting bullied with these requests i wouldn't pick these things <laughs> i got my sure. own you know i i feel like i i vastly underestimated myself in in my playing skills as mm. well because there's just a lot of stuff even even august august friends red very very difficult band but i i mostly wouldn't bother because it's just Eh, do I want <laughs> do I want to play that? Do I want to sit down and learn that kind of stuff? But mm. but it really is about punching above to to get better. I actually saw a French Stallion tweeted yesterday, kind of talking about who. If, if you guys don't know who French Stallion is, he's also another Rocksmith streamer, and uh, he he tweeted about like he said something that he doesn't have a blacklist of songs. And it's mainly because he doesn't care to get bullied on that kind of stuff because you're going to get better. And that's, that's definitely true. That's why we see a whole bunch of people playing through the fire and the flames, like at a pretty capable level now, because yeah, I mean, if some, someone comes in here and, and, and throws that out and, and you do go through it several times, then you, you end up getting much, much better. For sure. It's not I, my I, favorite thing to do. Do not request it. I, I'm still <laughs> going to hide behind the fact that I don't own that DLC, so I'll never play it and I'll never buy it. Yeah, I got gifted it, so I kind of had right. to. I kind of had right. to play it, but <laughs> you can gift him on Twitch. Uh, oh my Twitch, God. Steam. Damn it. Steam, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. I, I, yeah, great, great song. Actually, Dragon Force was one of the first metal bands that I got like crazy into like guitar hero days man oh yeah I, and this was actually free guitar hero and then so like when it came out 
um, Guitar Hero 3, it kind of blew my mind that this band just became like this massive, massive thing. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh, it, but... it was weird because it just kind of became a meme, right? Right. <laughs> just just all these kids like playing through the Fire and the Flames by tapping and strumming with their elbow or something crazy like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. And it just turned into this massive meme of can you play through the fire and the flames? You know, mm-hmm. exactly. And now we have to play it. <laughs> well, that's like uh, unreal guitar, no less. Like exactly, that, that's such a, a weird thing. Of uh, it's Guitar Hero was such a massive, massive cultural phenomenon that I even feel like what we're doing on Rocksmith is is pretty similar to that. Where you get a lot of people coming in, and oh my god, I know this from Guitar Hero and, and stuff like that. And now you're seeing someone play it on real guitar is is a really cool thing. It's just like the, yeah. you know, it's the Tony Hawk soundtrack effect where it's just introduced these generations to music that they probably would not have listened to. Mm-hmm. I know that's pretty much Tony Hawk is like where I got my music taste altogether. I mean, 100% credit to that. And I, I'm sure Guitar Hero is quite the same for most. Yeah, I think, I think Guitar Hero is basically what got me into wanting to play guitar to begin with anyway so um you know guitar hero was very much a christmas thing for me so it was um <laughs> like every year we made sure we had the new guitar hero and then i play it with my family and i think it just kind of got to a point i think it must have been around like guitar hero 3 where i was mm-hmm. like you know what i want to play this on a real guitar and then i realized that you had more than one string to to strum and i was oh like damn God. this is going to be hard and then going from there you know um yeah, that's just kind of what got me started. Just the idea yeah. of holding this instrument and playing this music must have been such a cool idea. That's interesting. Right. So you, uh, <laughs> excuse me, you, um, you played Guitar Hero before ever playing real guitar. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that is crazy. So Guitar Hero was basically what influenced me to want to do what I wanted to do. That's really really and cool. If, if you could even argue that it's basically shaped my life because right. Before then, um, I was just kind of some nerdy, nerdy kid who just wanted to play video games all day. I still kind of, <laughs> I still kind of do that, but now I want to do music for a living, you know? Right. Um, right. And so it really did kind of shape me into who I am today, which is pretty cool that's when you awesome. think about it. And yeah. it, it blows my mind to kind of think of how many kids that's probably done that to as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> should we do the ceremonial PBR time? I think we should. I'm, I'm, right. a, little, I'm a little bit nervous. So you should be. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> right here, we have a can of wonderful Pabst Blue Ribbon. It is a local delicacy to Wisconsin. I don't know. They're based out of Wisconsin. This is basically the venue beer. It's the stereotypical hipster beer, whatever you want to call it. This is PBR. If you go to a show and you want a cheap beer, this is what you're drinking. I personally love it. <laughs> As you can see, the emotes going across the screen right now. <laughs> Jolzer very, very nicely imported a can, one single can for, uh, you said seven quid. Seven which, quid. Which is 10 US dollars. I just went to the liquor store before the stream to get myself a nice fresh six pack of these. And I believe it was five fifty for a six pack. For a six pack. <laughs> six pack. I have been 
I've been hurt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> to be fair, I actually um I donated money back to, back to Schultzer <laughs> to pay for it because I really was happy that he went out of his way to to get his hands on one single can. You know what? So this is gonna this be is worth not, it. Is is this not at all like in the UK usually? No. No, no okay. way. There's okay. no way I could get it. So so the place I bought it from, I think it was <laughs> called, uh, from a place called Beer Sniffer. And it's basically <laughs> I'm no kidding. And it was basically a place where you could buy imported beer from like all around the world. Okay. Um and so they must just spend their time importing everything. The problem is that this was like two pounds for me, which which is nowhere near the seven pound. But I had to pay five pound shipping. Right, right. So ridiculous. actually, two pounds, I it wouldn't be so bad because it is an import and everything. Mm. I mean, of course, it's gonna be like one dollar for me. I I'm in the Midwest. Even just the fact that I'm in the continental United States, it's gonna be this <laughs> everywhere. Um, so, cheers. Is it cold? It is cold. It is okay. I've, I've chilled uh, it throughout my whole stream. So. Oh, okay, okay. So I will actually preface this to you guys. I am not much of a cold beer drinker. I'm, uh, I'm like maybe slightly chilled, but I, I'm a room temperature type of guy. So you guys are gonna okay. be like horrified by that, right? But this is cold. It has been chilled in the refrigerator, straight from the fridge. Let's do it. And uh, to anyone else in the chat who wants to partake in uh, in a beverage or, or or two, cheers to you, Zeltzer. Cheers. I'll let Let's you go that. first. Straight into the get microphone. It. Amazing. Ah, uh, smell it. A little aroma test. You <laughs> 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 look horrified. I'm just gonna put this out to everyone who's watching. I don't, I don't like beer anyway. <laughs> so, um, probably going to be a problem, but we'll see. It doesn't smell too bad. Mm. It smells like beer. Cheers. Cheers. Chink. Ah, uh, yes. Tastes great. <laughs> It, it it tastes like uh, what you would expect the old man at the pub to be drinking, right? Yeah. They probably drink stuff way better than that. It tastes like... What does it taste like to me? It tastes like... Um... Bread. Soggy bread. Yeah. <laughs> no, it tastes like... It just tastes like beer. It tastes like an English beer. I don't know what one it is, though. Well, you know, so I, I had the suggestion that I should get, you know, uh, English beer to kind of do do the whole thing. But I don't know anything about UK beer. Is Newcastle the thing? Like, what is your guys' thing? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess the problem I don't drink beer is a problem here because I probably couldn't tell you too much. Like, we have Stella... Um, okay. Uh, someone else helped me from the UK. But like, yeah, what what is actual like local? I guess local beer for you guys, because like even too Stella, that's that's still okay. Carlin, I guess. Okay, well, never heard of that, so I'll oh. take you take your word for it. Uh, that's like uh, an Irish beer. I don't know Carlsberg. Yeah, Carlsberg's Carlsberg. one. Okay. Yeah. Fosters. Fosters. There yeah, we go. Yeah. 
my dad's helping me out here in the Foster's chat. Foster's with the, the <laughs> massive, massive can, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Well, well, maybe for next time, uh, you know, if, if I ever have you on again, I'll, I'll pick the UK staple to have. <laughs> you know what? I don't really know what it is for you guys. Um, I'll, I'll send you some, I don't know. You gotta have some cider next time. That's, oh, absolutely! That's my, my I like cider. <laughs> Old men drink real ales. Hell yeah! Yeah, my dad, oh. my dad, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd get along. Probably. Like when you come visit the UK, mm -hmm. you're gonna go out my dad rather than me. So uh, you know, I was gonna say, you know, it, it would be happening a, a whole lot sooner if it wasn't for all of this. But I guess. Mm. Because of all this, we do know each other now, so that's... Very true. You know, maybe it'll be worth the wait. <laughs> Alright, so, on to the next topic. I want to know which non-music broadcasters influence you the most. Like, in <sighs> in the way of their style of presentation, personality. Like, what, what do you kind of see as... Not who you're emulating, but basically, what kind of things are you drawing inspiration from i know that's um, probably not something that you just immediately go oh i know yeah that's a really tough question actually i think if, if you're gonna think of what i'm emulating in terms of what my stream looks like um it's probably going to be harris heller you know okay. um, yeah, yeah um and that's probably going to be a hell of a lot of people's answers as well because he's right, so influential right now um I just I just love the style of his streams, you know, the uh the clean looks, you know, the the ultra wide cameras, so right. cool. You know, I love that kind of stuff. Um I wish I could do some real cool uh animations for everything. Um mm -hmm. but uh I'm I'm kind of in a place where I want to do everything myself now and so I want to try yeah. and try and animate everything myself and then I have to learn how to do that, you know. Um so one day one day, like I've I've had this idea for a hell of a long time, where um, I want a jolt saw bolt, uh, jolt saw bolt, on my stream, and every mm -hmm. time something happens, it changes color regarding to what happened. That would be right. Cool. And yes. so, so we get a new follower. Um, the bolt lights up with a yellow spark. Right. How I'm going to do that, I have no idea, <laughs> but I'm sure we'll get there eventually. But yeah, I think Harris Heller is probably one of the the guys I really like. Um, who else? I really enjoy XQC. I'm gonna yeah, say me it. Too. <laughs> um, me too. I think he's just the. If you if you just want to see carnage for for right. a good couple of hours, that's that's who it is, right? Absolutely. I see the XQCLs in the chat. You know, there's some XQC for <laughs> we got a couple fans of fans. <laughs> uh, Emily, thank you for the hundred bits. Uh, Emily says hi, Jimmy and Jolt. Hi, Emily. Uh, happy birthday, Emily. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you on the XQC thing. I I feel I feel like the his entire stream is personality. Like whether you like it or not, it's it's just entirely personality. There's a reason why he's pretty much the number one on Twitch. It, it's yeah, like you said, it's carnage. Like it's it's chaos. Yeah. It's wild. They're screaming. They're shouting the content itself might not even be that good I, and i love that 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 that's yeah. amazing because that that's the whole thing of it doesn't matter what he's playing 
because you're there for him and and his spin on the whole thing and sure it's controversial sometimes but that that's what it takes though to be like that top top dog yeah for sure and it, it just goes to show you know you you see all these streamers out there with real fancy looking streams um and it kind of goes back to what i like with um like the the simple layouts and simple designs um like having it super clean but xqc just doesn't have a layout right no it's, it's just, just a webcam the, it, it's, it's just like, the game it's a 2005 stream that's ran at like 1080p or whatever pretty much <laughs> it's yeah incredible you can see every pixel of his of his face cam it's totally fine no one cares right. um and and people sit there for it like how regularly do you see xqc streaming to what 144,000 people something crazy like that that might be too way too high but i'm just putting that figure out the top of my head but it's streaming right now to sixty-three thousand, so which is right. insane right right it's just nuts so <laughs> it if anything it just teaches you that you could just do whatever you want and if people enjoy it they'll watch you they don't care oh, absolutely if you've like, got a good um, camera or a good people, microphone yeah people vastly overvalue like the weight of specific things especially when it comes to materials and everything like mm -hmm. that it is so easy to fall into that trap because what ends up happening is if you do become successful at something you do own that stuff you do end up having it but then like by the time that you have it you realize how just not essential that was to to anything uh six you know of being successful right yeah. now look at this oh i have a blurry background <laughs> and it's just not too. that important right yeah, i have another exactly. leaf yeah we we both i think we both have the same camera uh and, yeah i think we do yeah or it's a, around the same camera very similar model probably the same lens i don't know but again it's like one of those things that yes it does matter you do want a clean nice look Mm. but it, it, you need the personality to back it up for sure definitely need the personality to back it up because i've seen some incredibly clean crisp looking streams but if you're you know a drone mm. you're still a drone sick can't polish a turd as they say right yeah pretty much pretty not much call, it's not calling all the streams that... out their turds but <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting though that you do say that harris heller uh influences you so much because we've actually talked about this before um if you guys don't know who harris heller is basically if you've ever hit the go live button and you've wanted to stream you know who he is but for for people who don't know who that is he is he basically makes streaming tutorials and he does like gear reviews and different kinds of stuff like that he's kind of the go-to guy for setting up a live stream and he does advice and, and things like that, you know, but we, uh, we've talked about this before. Most of his advice is like completely irrelevant to what we do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he he um, has because... no direction for, for musical streamers, does he? No, no. It, well, I actually, I would even say that at no point has he ever acknowledged that that exists, but I feel mm -hmm. like that makes watching his content for for someone like us uh, even more important because you you're kind of knowing to take everything with a grain of salt and yeah i don't know you just kind of have a more level-headed approach to how something is going to 
help you or you know you're gonna get your results in whatever way and uh, when you're not a gaming streamer primarily a, a whole lot of that stuff just doesn't apply because it's kind of all about building your brand on an outside outside of twitch because you're not going to get discovered on twitch that kind of stuff but mm. i would say you and i are entirely discovered on twitch not discovered on any other platform yeah. Now that's kind of putting all of your eggs in one basket, but we're lucky enough to not have so much competition and what we're doing since we're both Rocksmith music streamers, we're, we, we can actually collaborate and, and I guess be in a more like-minded hive than say a Warzone streamer because a Warzone streamer you know, streamer 2000, 2001 or whatever has nothing to do with me and has mm. nothing to do with the, the next streamer where I would say, you know, our stuff crosses over a lot because there's all that common ground of, you know, I go here for mostly metalcore. I go here because this guy plays traditional metal and, you know, this guy does a hodgepodge of everything. So it's like we can share audiences where in games there's pretty much no way to share an audience at all unless you're just one of those built-in people of you know you're part of the clique that knows each other and and if you're part of that crowd then there you go that's that's your way in but hmm. if you're not part of that crowd it's you are basically streaming to nothing you know it's, how how's someone gonna find you it's it's and very hard to find you sorry because you, sorry no is you say that and it makes me think of if you're if you're game if you're streaming a game and I know it's not the right kind of mentality to think but in my mind it almost comes across as if you might be looking at a bit of competition so why would you want to you know right um, whereas for us I feel like because it is a shared community like we kind of have to mm -hmm. um, there's there's no way we're going to have our own separate audiences so mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's very interesting to think that way. Um, just whilst you were explaining that, I was thinking that. But yeah, I, was, I was, know what you mean. You always seem to have these, like, you have these, like, stream teams and stuff. And I know we're in a stream team. Right. Um, but you always have these very small stream teams of people who, and they all just kind of stick within their stream team. Mm -hmm. um, but collaborating outside of that just barely ever happens in the gaming, um, uh, gaming scene on Twitch. So, right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think about this a lot because it's it's weird because it's kind of, like I said, the, the old school approach, because there's just not so much congestion in the number of broadcasters for specifically what we do, the, the platform actually works for us. Mm. Where Twitch as a platform for everyone else doesn't do any work for them. I mean, you might, for whatever reason, come up in a recommended, but I will tell you this, if you've ever checked out one of our streams and you go to your recommended page, it's like filled with music streamers. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why that happens, but <laughs> I can check out, you know, Warzone streamers all day long and I don't get recommended any of that in my feed. So it, we're, we're very lucky to kind of have a leg up on the platform where Again, when it comes to a lot of streaming advice, it's basically build up your name on other platforms in hopes that you will turn one of them into your mm. into your stream. 
And I can tell you that I think that's, it's not an inspiring thing, right? <laughs> right? Because you say, okay, well, I want to be a streamer. I don't want to be a TikToker. Mm. Uh, I don't want to have to do that. And I mean, I guess ultimately you're going to need to do that, but we're, we're just lucky that we, we don't necessarily have to do that. And, um, but that's just because you go to the music stream category and you, you tag metal music and you tag English and maybe 15 of us show up, but that's yeah. it, you know, at a given time. So that's, that leaves a, a very, very strong power position for the broadcaster in bringing in new people. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I don't think I've done anything outside of Twitch, which, right, like you're saying, is completely against what pretty much any kind of, you know, stream doctor kind of right. advice tells you to do. You know, if you want to grow, you have to do everything outside of Twitch and bring people in. Um, whereas I've only just really started doing things in, in YouTube and, right. um, I've made a TikTok. I don't know, not what I do not know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm way too old for TikTok. <laughs> I, it's way over my age range. I have no idea what the hell is going on in there. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it, um, I've only just started real, really doing a push on Twitter and Instagram as well. Right. Um, but if anything, like, I don't think it drives any traffic to me, you know, so far anyway, maybe See, I've had one or two, but yeah, that, that's, that's another part of just kind of this advice of, of building out, you know, your name everywhere and stuff like that is I think a lot of people expect direct results because mm. the entire reason why you're making a TikTok is so that you drive people to your Twitch. But unfortunately, that's the wrong mentality to take. It's literally like, I've got my TikTok crowd. I've got my, you know, Instagram crowd. I've got my YouTube crowd and I have my live stream crowd. But I, I guess for, for someone of our size and our very, very particular segments of what we're trying to capture, I, I don't see it being that useful. No. I mean, I could be wrong about this, right? But I, I don't know. I mean, I would love to, to start to post things on TikTok and everything like that, but I'm never going to expect any results from it. And I don't think mm -hmm. that anyone should go into it expecting results because it's just one of those things. Once you've accumulated such a massive, massive audience in these areas, then maybe they start to flood over, but yeah. it's not like, I mean, I can tell you how many people I go past on TikTok and they're just basically promoting you to get into their stream and i've never did i've never done that i don't i don't right. i don't imagine other people are doing it i mean maybe i get their name in my head and then i i see them on twitch or something like that but there's mm. no way i'm going from there on my phone i'm closing out of the app copying and pasting their name into twitch and then hitting the follow button it's just it's too many steps uh, you you've kind of lost your whole thing by then. So people people know. are too um, easily distracted as well. You know, mm -hmm. if they can't get it instantly, they don't want it. Well, know? I mean, I just think a lot of times it, it's about being honest with yourself and and what what are your habits of of this kind of stuff. <laughs> if you've never followed a person on Twitch because of their TikTok, 
I don't know. <laughs> Should you expect other people to do that for you? And the answer is probably no. But again, in the long run, long, long term game, I'm sure it's helpful. And I and I I really feel like you can point to Chain Brain and his YouTube channel as mm. like pure purely uh, an incredible strategy for him and growth and stuff like that because he's broadcasting now to what I feel is about triple his average viewer count within the last few months and it just seems like his YouTube is just tick like taking off like yeah. crazy and that that does bring people over because like what they're seeing is hey this is someone's request that I played their song I do this as well, so if you do want to follow me and want me to play a specific song, it's like, well, then you're kind of enticed to go over onto that platform mm -hmm. instead of just watch him on YouTube. So it, it's it's just a, a very different dynamic because in, in the gaming world, what Chainbrain does on YouTube of doing guitar playthroughs is the same thing as gaming montages, which is just, you're just never... It, it, that that's a like a thing in the past it you, you're not gonna get popular from making a gaming montage because no one's ever gonna find it hmm. and it, it's uh, just so flooded with everything you know so right. many people do it now so many people want to make it and they all have this these kind of like headshot montages and everything you know right uh, yeah anyway. <laughs> it sounds funny uh, to even say because because it, <laughs> it's like okay i respect it i i respect it's like a, the i respect the hustle thing but like good luck and, and that, that's that's unfortunately how it is with gaming mm. yeah. um what yeah. i would say um maybe uh as a like you mentioned chain brain and and how he's doing well with mm -hmm. Um, his YouTube, I would say if the only example that I really know where I've seen uh, a YouTuber who was big become a Twitch streamer and do well immediately was probably Nick Nocturnal. Oh, I don't totally. know if you've ever watched him, uh, but Absolutely. he was, I know he's been working really hard for years. And so he's, he's, he deserves to be where he is on YouTube. Um, and just having all that YouTube space move over to Twitch is incredible but i think right. it's such a such a one in a million kind of situation you know yeah see and that, that's that whole thing of like that's playing for the long game mm. um but in the reverse direction right it's it's i'm making video on demand content and eventually i want to pull these people in so that i can make live streamed content that also turns into video on demand content as well yeah and that's exactly what he's doing right mm. um which is oh that's it's genius it's great but i do feel like that's where again twitch themselves is really really benefiting because they're bringing an audience to the platform that probably would never be there mm. and so people like him are are super super important to them because it, it's just really when it comes down to it i don't I don't see Twitch caring too much about making or creating big gaming stars anymore because they know that they've got that locked. Um, you know, I, sure, they're getting contracts with people leaving the platform and stuff like that. But in, in reality, that's probably not a big deal for them. 
what what they really want to do is is bring people in that would never be on the website to begin with and mm. and basically gaming is not the answer for that it's either esports which is gaming i realize but like esports because of massive sponsorships because that's a ton a ton of money mm. so running esports events exclusively and then bringing over music people or or chatting people like personalities from youtube and stuff like that that's probably in their absolute best interest because it, it keeps them dominant as a platform when it comes to live streaming. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, sure, there's so many people on YouTube, but I, I'm curious to see what their live numbers are for, for live content. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's the same. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can tell you, I don't know how to find anything that's live on YouTube. I just don't know how, unless I'm already subscribed to them. So I, it's a pretty good yeah. point, actually. I don't know. I Where, where do know. you find it? <laughs> same, same with Facebook. I don't even want to get into that. I don't even <laughs> understand it. YouTube gaming pog. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But no, you're, you make a good point. Like, I've, I remember looking a while ago because I was thinking, when I first started anyway, it was more about... Like, what do I want to do? Do I want to do Twitch, Facebook gaming, Mixer was a was an option when I first started. You know, do mm -hmm. I want to stream on Mixer? Um, I was looking on YouTube gaming. I was like, how do I find anything here? You right. know, I had no idea. And I still don't know. You know, I, I, try, I tried searching Rocksmith to see if there was any Rocksmith streamers on YouTube. I don't even know how to find it. You know, uh, I actually, it's so funny that you say that because I did the exact same thing. I don't know how to find it straight up. I, yeah. I have no clue. I mean... I don't know. Those pages are like generated as well. So if there aren't specific amounts of people looking in those areas, they're, they're just not there. I, it's, it's a weird thing. Mm. All I know is when I click on Rocksmith 2014 on YouTube, I get a million chain brain videos. And <laughs> again, that's perfect on his part because yeah. it, it's doing, he, he's doing exactly what you know he's setting out to do is to bring more people into his live stream plus you know he he's establishing his name to a bunch of different faces even if they don't end up coming to the twitch stream and i yeah. think that that's kind of the grand scheme of things of that growth strategy outside onto other platforms it's because you're there <laughs> you know it's uh when you're offline on twitch you don't exist and you, I mean, you really don't exist at all. If you don't go live for one whole month, your audience probably forget <laughs> forgets that you exist. Besides, you know, sure. at, you know, X percentage of diehard fanatics uh, of you, you know, but you're you're gone. And so mm. that's kind of that thing where I feel like uh, YouTube is great because you can find it all the time. But it's 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 only great for very very specific things and just again just posting headshot compilations or whatever isn't it's not really that <laughs> anymore so but we're lucky though it i feel like with the music streaming stuff we're we're like five years back from from where everyone in the you know exploded gaming scene is where mm. we can kind of get away with a lot of stuff that gaming streamers can't get away with anymore because there's just so many of them yeah yeah for sure and i think it's definitely getting there you know um we we see new music streamers starting every day which is great 
Um, but I think that's probably just a byproduct of what the current climate is, right? Where mm. COVID is making so many more, like, like we said earlier, uh, so many more musicians are not doing anything right now um, because of COVID. So right. it's it's mad how much the the music streaming sector has grown. So it'd be interesting to see what happens when we go back to normal, at least anyway. Yeah. All like, I can say is I would be going to shows all the time. And unfortunately, I am going to have to miss a lot more shows because I'm scheduled for these days and I want to stick to those days. You mm. know, maybe I'll change it in the future or whatever. But that's so important is the day, the days and the time. It It can't fluctuate because all of a sudden your new followers just can't get to you anymore because it doesn't work for them. You know, they're either sleeping at this time or whatever. And, you know, you, you stream at a time that's a few hours before me, even for you guys, I, I stream to the, the EU night owls <laughs> or like, you know, just up at three in the morning. <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing though, is that people who are there, they are there at that time and they wouldn't be there at, um eight o'clock in the morning or whatever like that because it's you're you're building something based on a specific time time frame of, of where you're at and then so when when shows come back i'm gonna have to be missing a lot of them if i want to continue to do this which yeah. you know i'm just I'm, i feel like i'm just so committed now uh, i'm not gonna give this up i'm not gonna just kind of disappear or whatever because yeah, I'm lucky enough to have gotten as far with this as I have, and I'm definitely not going to throw that away. So, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, uh, I'm just at the point where, like, you know, I think I've gotten just enough of a taste of it right. that I know I love it so much that it's a, it's a one of those points where I think I want to do this as my job, you know? Yeah. And so, like, what you're saying is I'll, I'll be willing to make that kind of well i don't know what you would say um sacrifice yeah some kind of sacrifice in that kind of way you know as right. much as i miss moshing in a pit i want to mush my own pit right here in my room right, right absolutely <laughs> you know we, we have something really cool going so i will tell you though i will still be going to shows you know probably four times a month <laughs> like i already yeah. am but uh, they're just gonna be more fewer and far between mm. i killed jimmy thank you very much for the 25 bits uh, on to the next topic here. I'm actually very curious of okay. what didn't work. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> what didn't work? Right. I guess the, the real question is what did work? I mean, it's it's up to you. We kind of went over <laughs> what did work. We kind of went over that. But, I mean, what what were things that you kind of, you tried out, you came back to, and reevaluated and just was like, eh, no, that's not going to work. Because we've all made mistakes along the way. <laughs> I could yeah. tell you a, a million things that I've done that just, it just didn't go over. You know, it was like, oh, I was so excited for how that was going to play out, but it didn't play out at all like I expected. Uh, so is there is there anything that you kind of tried to do and then kind of quickly reversed it? And like, eh, we're not going to go down that route. I, I think, if anything, um, one, one of the ways I've kind of approached, approached, approached doing um, any kind of 
changes on the stream is it's always been you know reaching out and, and working out what's what the the people in who view my stream regularly think right mm-hmm. and i think probably one of the 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 biggest things that i didn't enjoy was forcing myself i mean i'm sure a lot of people here already know about this but oh, I, <laughs> I i did i did my playthrough of dark souls right I really, really wanted to get back into gaming and, you know, playing Dark Souls was great to start with, apart from the fact that I sucked at Dark Souls, Mm -hmm. Um, but I just continued to force myself for it, right? I I just wanted to keep on going. I wanted to finish it. And I think, you know, everyone knew before I knew that it wasn't working. Right. And... You do, you do really see real quick people leaving because they're not enjoying the content anymore. Because you're, yeah, not, and it, it, it's right? not a, it, it's never a, a dig at you as a person. It just sometimes I just think that it kind of goes, eh. <laughs> and yeah. you just click away. I don't know, you know, and uh, yeah, for I, sure. I, I totally understand that. Yeah, and I think I was just, I was spending way too much time committing to it, um, and you know, eventually we just got to a point where I was like, you know. I don't want to do this anymore. And we just quickly forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And now it's now I just have a meme counter on my fucking stream where of how many times I've died <laughs> on Dark Souls. Died on the game that you're not playing like anymore at all. It's always the way, you know. Yeah, I I can tell you, oh my god, I've done so many things that I've reverted <laughs> on. And I think a lot of it stems from I I hit my affiliate and i did that entirely through being a call of duty streamer Mm. and i i knew that wasn't going to work basically because i just want to put it out there hitting affiliate is an achievement but it it is not anything that sets you up for success if anything it kind of sets you up for unrealistic expectations and so I kind of went back and was like, you know what? The Call of Duty thing isn't working for me, even though it's entirely what got me my affiliate. Mm. It just it just wasn't working at all. I mean, there was I I would still be I don't know. I think I'd be at 75 followers <laughs> if if I continued to do it. And I yeah. just I had to kind of sit back, reflect really hard at like yes i enjoy doing this this is really cool but what i picked to do isn't isn't for me i i not even necessarily isn't for me is it's not it's not gonna work for the channel Mm. and that was just kind of one of those things it's like well you know what it sucks but i i'm gonna enjoy whatever i find that works for me a whole lot more because i will have people engaged and happy at, at what they're viewing so yeah uh one eye maestro thank you for the 100 bits much appreciated thank you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I i can i personally can name like a million things that i've just uh yeah, yeah. i've tried Lindsay, Lindsay says the same thing like jesus just stick to <laughs> what you do type of thing but i'm always kind of you know I, i'm throwing the hook out there every once in a while <laughs> just just to see what yeah. happens and uh my most recent mess up <laughs> would be playing Black Mesa, very similar to you with Dark Souls. I just yeah. lost complete steam with it, and I think 
everyone knows I completely lost steam with it and we just kind of don't talk about it anymore. Yeah, you just you just forget about it and move on, right? Right. That's literally the way to get around it. Um it, it it's kind of it's weird, isn't it? You know how how much you really want to play a game. You know, I was so pumped to play Dark Souls to start with. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you like I remember when you first started Black Black Mesa, you know. Right. I was so pumped. It was really fun to watch, but it's, you know, you get stuck in that rut of getting stuck and trying to progress and it just it gets boring real quick and it's not just for as a viewer you know as as a streamer you're going to try and keep it engaging for yeah, that whole I time feel, i feel terrible when i'm fumbling around with a puzzle mm. and and i just feel like there's a point in time where it's like i hit my time limit and i'm not going anywhere i'm stuck like what do i even do and I, I try not to rage quit out of the game, but I also, I don't want to be boring for people Mm-mm. of me saying like, what the hell do I do? I'm just stuck. I'm totally stuck in this game. I have no clue what I'm I'm doing right now. I'm trying to be entertaining, but it's just not working. Yeah. And uh, I need to be very, very careful of my game choices going going forward. And I thought that was a careful choice, it, and it was not. Yeah. I mean, I guess... <laughs> kind of going off the back of that you know after dark souls i kind of went into a a phase of thinking what games actually really work for me you Mm -hmm. know um and we went through this this whole kind of brainstorming phase uh where it was like okay people enjoyed doom you know it's fast that was killer that was such a good stream game and i'm really jealous right and you should play (laughs) it it's it's a great game um (laughs) Yeah, Doom was fun. It had a story. It was fast-paced. It was shooting. Cool. Let's find games that we can play like that. You know, we jumped into Borderlands, played for it for a couple of hours. I was just like, you just get that feeling, don't you? It's like this isn't working. Like, why? Why does this not feel like a good game to play mm-hmm. on stream? Right. So I think literally the last couple of streaming, like Wednesdays, where I normally stream games, has been a whole case of you know what works what doesn't why what do people enjoy watching yeah i i noticed that you took that approach this this wednesday with your gaming mm. stream where you literally came on as as a just chatting segment and just kind of said what do you guys want me to play today and i i loved that because i don't you at least get to try it without going fully committed into maybe playing a game that nobody is going to care about in the first place and yeah. And I think that we're we're at that point where it is useful to to ask your built-in audience of what they would like to see because if they're already checked out of it, then it's like like why why even start it? You know, as long yeah. as you've got like a couple of people who are interested in what you're doing to to begin with, well, then mm. it makes kind of going through it a little bit easier. But yeah. even to I will tell you this, when I started Black Mesa, nobody told me to play that game. <laughs> I told myself to play that game yeah. and it didn't work. It just didn't work out. And yeah. uh, you you know, you learn for, from it, but it, it's a it's a weird thing because like I said, we're kind of at that point now where we have an audience that are that is coming for us. So listening to what they enjoy and their suggestions and stuff is amazing. And not everybody gets that opportunity, right? Yeah, when you're first starting sure. out, you just have to figure out what people are gonna like because you don't 
you don't have anyone that, that are interested in you yet. So very, yeah. very interesting. All right, man. Um, what about your last gig? Last gig. The last gig I went to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna double check this. It was Heart of a Coward, right? Yeah, it was Heart of a Coward. I had to double check that. <laughs> so last gig I went to, dude. Do you remember was... the date? <sighs> February? February? January. January. Oh my god, it's over a year. It's over a year now. Um, oh my god. It was it was a small show. So it was actually kind of a special show. Um Heart of a Coward being a UK band, you get more opportunities to see them in places like this anyway. Mm-hmm. But it was a uh fundraising gig for a um kid who'd just passed away, sadly passed away of cancer, I believe. Um so and he was a big fan of Heart of a Coward. So they contacted the band directly and asked him to ask them to come and play a show to raise money. Wow, that's amazing. It was really cool. Yeah. Um the 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 show wasn't even sold out. It wasn't even like advertised that much. It was crazy. They were like auctioning off their guitars and everything to like raise funds. Madness. Um good friend of mine managed to buy one of their guitars for I think it was like five hundred pounds. It was a really nice uh I think it was a Ibanez. Really nice Ibanez. So I'm jealous. I had no money with me. That is cool. Did you did you have any gigs uh, that you had tickets to coming up? Because I had a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had a few. Um, I think one of the biggest ones, um, and this was literally just as uh, England was starting to become impacted by COVID. Um, I had a whole weekend booked up um, of of shows and stuff. So uh, I don't know how many people really know about this. I'm a big fan of Overwatch right mm-hmm. um so my weekend basically revolved around overwatch league coming to the uk um so i was going to go watch two full days of overwatch league games live which is huge oh, cool. so exciting you know the idea of sitting in a stadium of other overwatch fans you know cheering on your your your, uh, your teams and everything sounds amazing right uh, so i had two days of that and i also had um a show of um i prevail uh with a meet and greet as well so we're supposed to meet these guys oh my god (laughs) (sighs) yep so uh we knew it was gonna start becoming a bad thing because i was i was trying to look for accommodation and i was like you know what i don't think this is worth doing i think it's gonna get cancelled and uh yep every single date fell like flyers you know that sucks yeah i think it was like it must have been like a month away before right. it happened as well it was really close it was really that's, close that's a bummer very the, sad the, the last gig that we went to i feel like i remember it so well because everything got shut down the next day so to be totally mm. honest it was not safe it wow. wasn't safe at all to go to that gig but uh, they they very very quickly you know changed everything. But it was every time I die, and the band Nothing, which mm. they're like a, a post rock shoegazy type of band. I'm big big fan, <laughs> and uh, it was literally the last day. It was it's called three one two day, which is named after the area code of Chicago and Goose Island 
which is a brewery, makes a beer called 312, and they always do this massive event every single 312 day where they basically take every, almost every single venue in the city and they sponsor a show. And wow. it doesn't matter what day it is, you know, uh, if it's a Tuesday night or whatever, whatever the day that 312 day falls on. And it was every time I die. Only gig that they played, they, they flew from Buffalo into Chicago just to play that date. And it was a 1,000 cap venue. Believe it or not, it it doesn't seem to me like it's that big of a venue, but apparently mm. it's 1,000 cap. And that was the last day where you could have up to 1,000 people in, in wow. a building. So they were actually, it was sold out. And they were actually counting like off of one of those like ticker things or whatever. Uh, everyone who came into the building the, the whole time, they didn't have stage security just because of of everything going on. Wow. So there was no barricade in a 1000 cat venue, stage dives, everything like that. And I kind of feel bad for every time I die because you could tell that they were a little bit like freaked about playing the show so i mean they were doing like the like kind of elbow fives and, get out and of my stuff spaces. like that <laughs> right if and meanwhile you got people stage diving all over the place and madness and, and here i'm i'm thinking like don't touch my face just make sure you get the hand sanitizer when you get to the car <laughs> which you know how like not that's not realistic at all if one person had it there it would have been a thousand yeah. people going down yeah. or whatever i mean thankfully it was early enough that that COVID wasn't really COVID was in Chicago for sure, but it wasn't yeah. like kind of ravaging the entire place. But I will tell you, I, I don't know. <laughs> I freaked out for a good week after that show because I don't know. It just didn't process to me. It was just kind of like, whatever. I mean, uh, apparently they're going to make the world shut down. You know, what's up with yeah. that? We'll be back in a month or whatever whatever big whoop and no that's that's not the case at all Here so we are. <laughs> it was definitely it, it got real really quick like within like a few days that was when you heard about all the hospitalizations and and all that crazy stuff and i'm thinking oh my god i was just with a thousand people like you know super sweaty all packed in like sardines and stuff but god oh. i do miss it though Oh, I miss it so much. And uh, it, it's it's such a weird thing to even see, you know, pictures of, of shows and stuff like that. And then just thinking, wow, yeah, we used to do that, like carefree. Mm. And, and now we've we've completely changed the way that we interact with people in general. So, I mean, now it's just second nature to not stand right next to somebody. You don't do that. Yeah. But it's it's a, it's a weird thing to, to think it's, you know, it's only been one year. But it's been one year. <laughs> it feels like forever, man. Yeah, let, Let's Poker is talking about... We saw Dead Mouse, uh, I believe it was February like 4th or something wow, like that. Okay. So pretty deep into it. And I believe there was like... I think it was like 13,000 people there. In an Blimey. indoor venue. In an indoor venue. And I Mad. remember being like, oh, man, if someone's got Corona here, we're screwed. But <laughs> it was like, it felt like it was so early. And it, and it just didn't seem like that big of a deal. And then now I think about that, too. And it's like, that's horrifying. Terrifying, <laughs> like, man. Why did, why did that even happen? Like, how did that happen? 
how did they let that many people it just it blows my mind it was an indoor venue 100 mm. percent. it was just this it was on uh what's called navy pier in chicago it's a big big tourist attraction they have this like massive massive it's basically like a garage you know warehouse type of thing where they set this thing up with yeah again it was it was the biggest show of the entire tour so uh, and, and again i was getting into like mid-february or something like that or early february and yeah it got real over here in mid-march so it, it's so scary well to think how how quickly everything changed but how how slowly all of us changed as well you know right you know? it's like the the reaction to it was was so at least in the United States is uh, was super lagged behind. It it, it was mm. it went from I you know don't talk about this thing or or whatever. Why why are why are news channels talking about this? What's up with that? And then yeah. it went from that to just like oh people are dead, <laughs> like yeah. and it, it was like an overnight thing. Like hit the switch. Like everyone's dying. I, yeah. that, that's really what I I remember more than anything. It was just it went literally zero to a hundred. Mm crazy it's, it's exactly the same over here you know we we had warnings from you know when italy was getting it really bad right you know? same with and, us <laughs> and we're not far away from italy you know and we saw it moving to france and all that kind of stuff and you think oh damn you know this is getting real serious now this isn't in china anymore this is this is right. like on our doorstep and you know we're, we're still open we're doing everything like normal right. like we weren't even thinking about it yeah um, no masks too yeah see it and it's funny to think how much a culture can change because of this kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Being in a culture where we don't wear masks. Um, right. Ever. And now we do all the time, right? Yeah. Mad. Yeah, that's um, Heavy Metal said when the university decided to close was um, when they were laid off. And um, speaking of university i feel like it was when this when the elementary schools or in public schools whatever it was decided to close i was like huh that's silly because again it was just like one of those like naive things or whatever it's like i still go to work uh no <laughs> and then yeah. and then yeah it was like a week later oh your your entire world is about to change man yeah it, it did <laughs> big time big big sense of panic <sighs> Um, that actually kind of brings me on to my next topic, though. Uh, sure. What is of our design doing currently? I'm sure a whole lot of nothing, right? Kind of. Kind yes. of. Okay. Uh, let me introduce <laughs> of our design real quick. Actually, uh, of our of our design is the band that Jelter plays guitar in. He now plays lead guitar. And <laughs> you guys are what a metalcore band? I think you would consider it. Yeah, I would say we are. We are pretty much metalcore we're very metalcore influenced at least anyway right um pretty much inspired by pretty much i don't know what you would say po i know you you post <laughs> post core we like to think is what okay. influences us so you know architects is a big influence right. and i would say they're post core right yeah that makes um, sense they are their own genre that they created yeah. more than anything um, right Born of Osiris big influence, and so I, I would say probably Metalcore is probably what um, describes us the most. Um, but uh, in terms of what we're doing, 
Uh, it's a real good question. <laughs> I mean, you uh, don't have to leak anything. I, I, I actually, I put this on here because I expected you to say absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> that's quite a what lot. my band is doing. Absolutely nothing. We're on a hiatus officially. Like it's. Oh, just, really? I mean, it's just nothing is going to happen until we can realistically do something. Yeah. Um. Still, we've we've done been, we've been doing quite a lot. Um. Without giving away too much. Yeah, um, please, please don't speak on things that you're not I mean, supposed to speak about. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter that much, honestly. Um, I think the to kind of go back to where where we were before pre-COVID, um, Ovo Design as a band had to change quite a lot anyway. So we were a five-piece band that had to kind of adapt to a lot of members leaving. So uh one of our well basically the 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 lead vocalist um had to leave um and he oh moved. okay i know he, he, well, he was the lead vocalist and guitar player uh no so um alex our our lead vocalist was the screamer basically mm-hmm. um and then our singer was the guitarist as well so the the clean okay. vocals was the guitar player um alex our screamer had to move to canada so he oh, has yeah so well he didn't have to but he chose to he wanted to move over there um so he moved to canada um as an opportunity like he wanted to get out of england anyway which is fine you know um no hard feelings or anything and just kind of off of that we we kind of ended up with a lot of different people leaving the band so we were basically at a point where it was just me and the other guitarist left oh um okay so it was just us two i mean to be fair it was pretty much me, the other guitarist, and the, the the vocalist who was doing everything in that band anyway. We wrote pretty much everything anyway. So gotcha. not that those guys didn't contribute anything, but it wasn't the end of the world, you know? So we kind of had this uh, situation where it was like, what do we do? Um, do we do we end of our design and kind of go for something new? Or do we... Um, kind of rebuild the band you know so i think after a lot of thought we decided to to kind of lay everything down um we wanted to make sure that people knew that we were still planning on continuing to go um but we didn't want any time pressures because we didn't know how long it was going to take you know right um so we the last official announcement was actually two years ago okay which is mad to think of right so we we announced that we were kind of going on a hiatus um whilst we rebuilt everything oh god you put my name on the screen <laughs> <laughs> um mr jolts himself um so yes uh we kind of decided that and then from then we've been working in the shadows pretty much um in terms of what we've done over the last year um covid has been really kind to us actually um in the in the least bad way possible you know um actually gave us time (laughs) uh obviously i don't like what it's done to the world and everything but as musicians you know everyone who's trying to um work and you know live it's hard to get a group of guys together and write music so when england did go into lockdown actually we we took the uh 
The chat is making me laugh. Um, <laughs> uh, when, when England did go into lockdown, we kind of took the opportunity to, you know, just really sit down and really focus on everything. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, we do have new stuff on the way. Cool. Um, we basically, within the first England lockdown, I'm trying to think of how much I should give away <laughs> take your time take your time on your spoilers and leaks <laughs> um we we basically wrote our, a whole ep i think that's totally fine to say you know we've we've been sitting on music for pretty much about a year now okay awesome. so we wrote stuff really quickly Very uh, cool. it just kind of got to a point where it was like we want to wait until we can get together and actually record some music videos, you know? Right. Um, but uh, it's very difficult to do that. And, you know, COVID's gone on a lot longer than we thought it would. So we're kind of taking a, a bit of a, a sharp turn on what we want to do next. So okay. we're kind of we're kind of working out how to do it remotely now. So. Nice. Watch this space. Well, good, good. Yeah, good for you guys because, yeah, pretty much for us, I don't know. We just decided that it's over for us, you know, oh, until, until we're we're back, you know. It, it's Old Rasputin as a band is going to always contain the same members. It's always going to be a three piece band. Mm. I, I feel like once one of us leaves, the band is over. But I just don't. Th I don't ever see that happening, and yeah. so we just very, very easily just said, "Okay, we're done for now. Like, let's let's throw in the towel for now." And yeah. they, as band members, have been incredibly supportive, and they hang out mm -hmm. here all the time. So that's really cool. That is Let's Poker. He plays bass, and Little Plant. He is the drummer of the band. Also, yeah. Joel, thank you so much for the resub. Much appreciated on the two months, buddy. <laughs> um okay so then a, a little bit more of the same but like what is the local scene for you guys like does it really exist did it did it go away i know for for me when i was in school like in in i was gonna say grade school when i was in high school and stuff our our local scene was like super punk straight punk music like hardcore punk black flag-esque type of stuff and then there was this other side to it which was that metalcore you know just the the typical everyone everyone's favorite band is as blood runs black and they went and decided to make their own band uh that's mm -hmm. how it was for us then it really kind of went to the wayside for from what i can tell either i got too old or, or it just went away, but I'm pretty sure that it kind of just went away. And now, just within the last few years, there's been this really cool punk resurgence with kids that are younger, like way, way younger than me, that are also doing the whole like Black Flag, uh, Dead Kennedys type of, of thing. And then the old people, old boomers like me, they, they all play in the Knocked Loose-esque type of thing you know where it's like we're not we don't play metalcore anymore now we just play metalcore inspired <laughs> hardcore music that that kind of thing 
and then and then for me um if if you count the chicago local scene the chicago scene is very doom and post-metal oriented stuff that's russian circles bong ripper pelican uh who else i don't know like those those are three massive bands that are influential like that in the chicago scene and then you've got harm's way kind of in that you know metalcore heavy hardcore type of thing but mm -hmm. what's it like in in your part your particular section it's it's really tough actually because um i feel like personally uh the the local scene um in from where i am it was really good for a long time um mm -hmm. you know uh when i was younger um i think one of the first proper serious bands i was in um that did originals um getting into the, the musical scene then there was so many bands um right. in fact if anything i would say i wish that scene was still going because it was so inspiring seeing so many different bands of people of different ages um mm -hmm. and different genres you know it wasn't just metalcore like the metalcore scene was huge where i was for a very long time but you know um there was like hardcore like a hardcore is still a big thing around here now i'd say yeah but um yeah just the, the general local music scene was was really good um and so we kind of read uh wrote the like wave of that anyway right um but it's weird how it just it just kind of dissipated around here like if, if i think about it now the local music scene just doesn't exist anymore and i would say actually england um in general is really bad uh for the local music scenes well i i think it's interesting actually let's poker just had like hardcore never dies and um i i feel like that's true um because even too like i said i i'm seeing a little bit of this weird hardcore punk you know resurgence mm -hmm. but and, and then what i see in the metalcore stuff is you know, when we when we were growing up in, in this scene that's that's when those myspace bands were were a thing and basically you know, attack attack came out that was divisive and then you had like abandon all shifts that was yeah. extremely divisive and you you kept getting these like iterative things uh you know i even to some extent like, i don't know falling in reverse whatever the kinds of stuff like that where you start to get like people who are gonna tell you that's not real metalcore blah 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 that whole elitism type of thing but i think what ended up happening was you, you started getting people starting to emulate that kind of thing then they kind of grew up a little bit and then it just like it, it feels like all of a sudden everyone who's still in a in a metal band or a metalcore band they just they like broke it back down to basics like i said with the all of a sudden we're like knocked loose you know it's like you just yeah. kind of you build it up the 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 star type of thing you know the attack attack incredible band what they've made out of themselves and everything but again they made this type of stuff because they were a divisive band and everyone else who tried to do that completely fell uh, because mm -hmm. there's always going to be that band that just does it like them and and bring me the horizons the same way it's it's like you always get these bands that are are wanting to do what bring me the horizon already did 
and then they come out and they've done something totally different again where they're just kind yeah. of always pushing that that envelope and and i do feel like with the kind of raw passion filled hardcore type of music it's just never going to go away and and you can always kind of strip yourself back down to that where i mean even too when i'm playing when i'm doing some streaming requests on rocksmith you know i'm putting on knocked loose like all the time because it's just <laughs> like i don't know it, it's like it's fresh and it's in, inspiring but it, it's like totally raw and back down to the basics again and uh, you know i think that anything that does still kind of exists like that uh, people are doing that a little bit more but as far as like that regular metalcore type of stuff at least over here there you know it, it's been done and uh people yeah. people aren't trying to do it anymore because once again it's like it's kind of a uh it's not a recipe for success really anymore whereas it, it was i mean it was booming when we were yeah. in high school, I mean, it's, uh, metal was crazy. <laughs> like metal core and, and that kind of offshoot of things, post-hardcore and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was blowing up. It was, it was crazy big. And then you started to get like the heavy hardcore uh, pop or pop punk inspired type of things and, and all that craziness. But I know for me, it was like one day I went and looked and it was just like, oh, local music doesn't exist anymore. It just, it's gone. Yeah. And, and I'm a lo I'm in a local band and we end up playing with the same bands a lot because there's, who do we play no with? No one else, right? There's, there's no, no one, one else. There's no one else trying to do it. And actually, to be totally honest, I understand why they're not doing it. It's, it's kind of... It's a of, money well, it's, it's a It's a really grim outlook for for being in a band and and trying not to lose money because I've never made money in my life uh, playing nope. in a band. I've only lost money. Yeah. I, I've uh, never, never turned profit ever. I would totally agree. You know, uh, <laughs> so... I don't, I think in, in the probably, I mean, I've coming up to about 12 years of working in bands now mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just been money that uh, bands and work that I've put money into and never got much back, you know? No. Of our design, I'd say we probably only made about £70. Right. Of, which is just from streaming and, like, album releases. <laughs> right, um, right. And so when you think of how much we put into it, like Utopia, the, the most recent um, uh, EP that we released, we spent £1,000 getting that mixed and mastered. Mm -hmm. We recorded that ourselves. You know, we did that at home in our own little studio, right? Wow. So the fact that, you know, it costs oh, wow. that much to get it mixed and mastered is unreal. Like, if you didn't know how to record your own stuff and you wanted to put out a, a six-track EP, you're looking at, what, probably two grand if you want to get it's it done so really well. Yeah. It's so much money. And so... That's probably why the music scene just doesn't exist anymore. Cause before, I guess before, like when I look back to the, the heydays of a real good um a real good music scene, is that no one cared. You know, you could no. have some real cheaper sounding demo and people go, Oh yeah, this will be great. And they want to go and see them live. Let's go right? this fan. Yeah, <laughs> it's that, not a big deal. Right, whatever. But now now there's such a high quality of standards and mm -hmm. it's uh I think that just adds so much pressure, you know. Right. 
and probably why a lot of bands just don't bother anymore and and, and you know I'm, i would also go out on a limb and, and say that we we view that time as like so interesting and, and cool and stuff like that but i mean it, that's that's kind of all in hindsight you you have to also remember i don't know if this was the way it was for you guys but if you wanted to play a show you were playing a show with 20 bands yeah you play all day, right? To watch that. No one wants to watch that. I mean, even two, we were talking like 20 bands with a tour package playing as well, which is just bizarre and insane to me. Where it, it, it ends up being like everyone who is at the show was either in a band or like <laughs> the girlfriend of someone or whatever like that. And, um, let's let's be honest those those shows weren't that good no. I, I don't i don't think they were but uh it, it always seems like oh what a great time and everything like that but i like you said too sustainable and and then another thing is promoters and everything like that they they have to make sure that the the show gets done and when you've got 20 bands playing that means that either the band is paying money to be there or or they're not making anything and uh, it, again it's there's just no money in it yeah none whatsoever it, it just it all comes directly out of your pocket which sucks and then you know even too like i said a lot of times those those shows would have touring packages at least for us like they would have you know, one time it was texas in july and impending doom and like a bunch of local bands uh there was like another time it was like this or the apocalypse you know, all those kind of at the time mid-tier bands and you got to pay them money. Why would you pay the local bands money? I mean, yeah, that that's like half the crowd or just the people that played in the bands alone. So it, it makes sense why you never made any money, but I'm sure that they freaking lost money too. You know, it yeah. bands like, you know, Texas in July and, and, and stuff like that, where they were on that kind of always mid-tier type of package uh, i can't imagine that those shows made a ton of money but this is why this is the, the the saddest thing of is for most bands is that you know making money even big bands now you know uh they they always have to rely on merch sales and ticket sales to make money right and so uh i guess it might be a little bit different right now because everyone's at home listening to music but I can't imagine having that kind of reliance on, you know, doing music, but then hoping that people buy my shirts as well. You know what right. I mean? It's such a scary, like, <laughs> weird thing. And that's another thing too, is like, you shouldn't feel obligated to have to go buy a shirt to, to make the thing happen. Because I mean, you still ultimately paid the admission to get into the show. But I mean, the, the unfortunate real kicker is the admission that you paid was just so that the show went, you know, just yeah. so that, that they could, somewhat pay for the show to even happen Every, everything else was merch and all and and i mean you're in high school or college or whatever, you don't have money to to blow like that you've you've got the twelve dollars was already like oh my god this is so what what is this why is this show twelve dollars and and again yeah it's it's not making money <laughs> yeah um all right actually let's uh let's take a little turn though away from music in general and uh let's let's go into a little bit of gaming we are okay. on a gaming platform we both love games and uh what was your first video game console 
Wow. Uh, I think it depends if it's my personal one or like one of my family's. Because what, yeah, what did you like? What introduced you to to being a gamer? Basically, uh, the first one I played was uh, NES Nintendo mm-hmm. Entertainment System. Um, it was even to the point where I was too scared to play it because I was that kind of child, and so. Um, <laughs> I had to make my dad play it. Like, so I'd start playing it and I'd be like, no, I can't do this. Like, I remember playing Super Mario Bros. Right. And getting all the way to the castle. And then you'd hear that ominous Bowser music. Yep. I'm like, no, not doing this anymore. And then give it to my dad, (laughs) tell him to play it. And then I'd hide behind the sofa. You know, that was the kind of thing that I used to do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was the NES. And I kind of grew up as a, as a Nintendo boy. Um, Same. I don't. I didn't. I didn't play any PlayStation until I think Nintendo, uh, the PlayStation Two, um, and that's when that was like late into that generation cycle. So I was very much full on Nintendo all the way. That's the way to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bad, I, was, the bad um, console. <laughs> I, I believe. The- um, so in the United States, the Sega Genesis, but I believe it's called the Mega Drive in the UK. Is that right? Yes. Sega Mega Drive. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that was my my first console. I don't want to spend too much time on on me in particular, <laughs> but Sonic Two, just because I saw it being shouted out. Sonic Two and Street Fighter Two were my my big things, and then uh, I always talk about this, but I've been a PC gamer like literally since two and a half years old. Played wow. a lot of FPS games uh, <laughs> all the way back then. So, but yeah. So after after the NES, you got a PS2. Uh, so no. So I, that was okay. probably the first PlayStation I got. Was the, the oh, PlayStation gotcha. 2 I understand. In the in the old uh, towards the end of that generation, but it was NES, SNES. Then I remember that the first console that was bought for me was the Nintendo 64. And wonderful console, beautiful console. Uh, loved I that one. This out for you, by the way. Oh hell yeah, the Glover. <laughs> we got Glover. <laughs> I, I played that game a lot. Glover was amazing. Um <laughs> big fan, you know, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. What a classic, you know? That was that was oh, yeah. rated the best game of all time, right? It's still the top of one of my favorite games ever. Majora's Mask is a little bit better in my opinion, but I've both of those Majora's games. <laughs> oh my god, I'll take either of them. They're yeah, they're masterpieces of games. Um I, I remember one time looking in Nintendo Magazine. Was it Nintendo Star? I think that was the UK one. Ni- okay, yeah. US was Nintendo Power. Yeah, Nintendo Power. I think it was Nintendo Star. I can't remember. But uh, I remember looking in that magazine and seeing screenshots of Super Smash Bros. And oh my god, you know, when that came out, yep. that's what got me hooked on competitive gaming, I think. I love that. Interesting. Kind of that's cool. You know? um, that's even though. Cool. I never went to tournaments or anything. Um, playing against, you know, my cousins who were also very good at the game. I got crazy good at that game. <laughs> and did you, uh, uh, did you take that energy over to melee on the GameCube? Oh yes. Oh, oh okay. Yes. <laughs> nice. I played. I played every single Smash game, and I'm pretty sure. I think I got to the point where I only wanted a Wii U, so I could play Smash on it. Smash Four. Right. Uh, um, which is a still very good game, you know. 
Uh, I've kind of dropped off of it since because I went to PC gaming. But yeah. do you have Ultimate though for the? Switch? I do have Ultimate. Yeah, I yeah, do, I do too. But I haven't played a whole lot of it to be totally honest. One v one me, bro. I mean, you will beat me up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I will not compete. <laughs> I um, I've never been good at the game. I I've always been terrible. Yeah. It's been a it's been a while since I've really played it. Um, but when it first came out, I, I got right back into. It. I was like, hell yeah, oh, give me give me some smash, you know. Awesome. Um, and I'd love to stream it someday, but I don't have a capture card, so that'd be a bit of a okay. pain. Okay. But one I day maybe. You. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see some console games come to the stream. Yeah. Um. So, uh, wh- what have you been playing right now? Right now. Yeah. Uh, not even in- necessarily on stream. Just like what what's your games? What's in your cycle? I've I've been kind of in a weird phase of wanting to play anything and everything. Um, I think one of the the biggest games that I've played that I know a lot of people talking about is Hades, and I did play it on stream the other day. That um, was fun to watch. Super cool game. Um, kind of uh, interesting what the cycle is like on that game because you are running the same dungeon over and over and over and over again. Yep. Um, luckily, when I streamed it the other day, I, I went from start to finish and completed it for the first time ever, which was which was yep. insane. But that was uh, cool to watch. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, but the the whole idea of it is, you know, you are getting stronger every time you do it, and um, you have like almost the RNG of what power ups are you going to get on this run, and it's, it's very very hooking. You know. Yeah, it makes you always come back. Um... I haven't played Hades yet, but I've been playing Gunfire Reborn, which is really the similar mm. concept of that, but it's an FPS game. And it, it, it you've always got that whole thing of like, wh- what kind of drops am I going to get like this time? What kind of skill tree am I going to go through? And But you're getting more powerful in your base stats, but your actual like talent tree resets every time, and you're mm. going to get different... And, and that... That roguelike dynamic is so cool. I, it, it's so addicting because it's like, yeah. oh, oh you, you like get to that point where you're about five minutes in and you go, oh, this is going to be a good run. Yeah. But you know, sure. or you go, oh, this is going to be a miserable run. <laughs> I think for, I had a run the other day. It was, it was off stream and I, I was probably getting to like the second or third boss every time and just dying. And then mm-hmm. I, I had that exact moment that you were talking about where I got to a point. I think I there was this, there's this buff where you can give up sixty percent of your health, but every time you hit something, you heal. Yeah, I was like, screw it, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try this like this buff. I tried it, and it was OP as hell. And <laughs> I remember like this was probably whilst I was watching your stream or something, and I was up like a stupid o'clock in the morning where I should have been <laughs> in bed, and I was like, I'm gonna do one more run. It's gonna last. It's gonna last like 15, 20 minutes, and there I was, forty-five minutes later, still doing this run because I just could not die. Everything I hit, I was getting healed. It was ridiculous. Well, and then that's <laughs> another thing too: is you're like, well, I've got, I've got this now. I'm not gonna get it on the next run, so I'm gonna take yeah. advantage of it. And you that's the same it. thing with with gunfire. Like you'll get one of those things where it's like, well, every crit does two hundred percent damage. 
but every normal does 25% damage. Mm. And then, you know, there's like that other thing where it's like, if you hit someone with fire, you're also on fire, but you're life stealing. And like those different kinds of things are just so fun because yeah, again, if it doesn't work out for you, well, then you kind of know how it worked as well. But on that, your next run, you're probably not even going to get that anyway. So yeah. You just got to try it. I think like uh, there's so many times in, especially in roguelites, where as soon as you you you, you die, that's it. Your run's over. Um, I always try and play safe. You know, I I've, I've always been that kind of person. I was like, I don't want to risk it. I wanna, I wanna, you know, I really do want to uh, do the best I can every time. But I, I think you just got to really embrace that um, kind of YOLO kind of right uh in <laughs> mentality where you just kind of do whatever you can so that's awesome yeah uh, i like any it. any games on the horizon that you're you're looking forward to i know there's mm. the new pokemon game that got announced today you know what that open world one is it pokemon legends it was called i think i only briefly like saw it on twitter but it looked cool <laughs> i i tweeted about it and i can't remember what you it did called. you did yeah I haven't really looked into it, but I think this is the first Pokemon game in such a long time that I might actually play. Yeah, I, I've been really lacking on the, the Pokemon front. I think I've bought pretty much every Pokemon game, and I've probably played the first hour of every single one of them, and I'd never continue it. You know, pretty much uh, it's, how I am, it, except for not yeah. buying the games. I'm just pretty much like, <laughs> I know this one's going to be the same game. Don't don't hate me for it. I just in my <laughs> mind it's gonna be the same game, so I'm just I'm not interested. I mean the formula is pretty much the same, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think for me, um I've always said that Pokemon needs an open world kind of um change to it to make it exciting. Uh, again for me at least. And so um yeah, when I saw that trailer, I was watching it earlier. And I saw it, and I was legit like, "Oh, okay, you, I see this." Did you see uh, that that tweet that showed the Breath of the Wild zoom in plus the Pokemon zoom in? I don't like, think so. No. From the trailer, they both did this like exact zoom in to show the open world. Yeah, I'll, oh, okay. I'll have to send it to you, but it's like both trailers are like identical in the way that they kind of show you running to the end. And then it, it shows the whole world. Oh, right. it's, okay. it's really bizarre. Hey, we got Chris here. What's up? It's Chris Davies. Hell yeah. Mm. So, is Dibs around? I don't think he is, you know. I feel like eventually we have to have them meet, right? We do. I think we definitely do. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's here. Hmm. Look, there he is. All right, all right. We got, we got to go get Sadie. We got to get Sadie. Hold on. It's time for Sadie. They meet. Oh, they meet. Oh, stay, stay, stay. <laughs> you almost fell off the, the desk. <laughs> it's our stream now, boys. Jolt's metal faces in the chat. Let's go.
She's like, why are you always showing me to these people? <laughs> Yay! See, Dibs doesn't know what a camera is. She was sleeping. <laughs> it finally happened. Dibs just doesn't understand what a camera is and is just never looks at it, you know? Yeah, I know. Sadie's, Sadie's seriously like, I was sleeping. What is wrong with you? <laughs> now I have oh. a dreamy on my arm and it doesn't... Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, here it is, guys. The monumental moment. They finally met. They both look unenthused. <laughs> very good. Very uneventful, Sadie. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Sadie, great time. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's like, please let me go back to sleep. <laughs> Dibs is shy. Sadie's shy. Right now, she's like, just looking like, please, I need to sleep. <laughs> All right. Um, I didn't think he was going to be here. Normally, whenever you want him to be here, he's he's not around. Exactly. But, uh, the fates, the fates uh, were on our outside. I'm glad. <laughs> um. All right, so what, I pretty much have one more question for you before okay. we wrap this up. But uh, once again, I really need to do a little call to action. Guys, please, please follow Joltzer, exclamation point podcast in the chat. You will get a link to his page. Please drop him a follow. He is very, very gracious to take two hours of his time out of the day to be on the podcast. And then he still has to go to work tomorrow. So today. I, well, today, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm very I'm sorry about that. <laughs> the scheduling, <laughs> scheduling a little bad. So we're going to, we're going to be wrapping it up. Last question. Are there any ideas you have for the stream that you don't have, like you don't feel like you have the viewership to do it yet? Like, do you have any things in the back of your head? Like, I would like to do this, but I feel like I need to be X amount more established to do it. God. Like, do you have any kind of big long-term plans that like I you you would find to be interesting? I'm not necessarily saying like, what are you going to do in the future? Just more of like, do you have something that's come to mind that, that you're like, I would love to do that, but I'm not quite at that level of a streamer yet to, to really be able to pull it off. Hmm. Cause I, I can think of a lot of things for myself, but I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. There's just kind of that, that point where you've got X amount of people watching you no matter what you're doing. And, and is there something that's kind of like maybe a passion project or whatever that you would like to to show that maybe you just don't quite have it yet? I don't know. It's that's a, weird a really, question, right? <laughs> really tough question. Um, I think I think one of my big problems is that I focus so much time on the now and what I can improve right now right. that I never really that's look good. into the future and. That is a blessing and a curse, right? Story time. <laughs> <laughs> While he applies makeup to himself. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but P.O. Box, 
opening is actually something that I did want to do. That's actually a good thing that you mentioned that because I, I would <laughs> really like to do that. Uh, but then you got to have people who are kind enough to want to send you stuff, right? And well, you that's the whole thing that that's kind of like a you're too small for it now, but yeah. maybe maybe in the future, yeah, for sure. Um, and you also got to pay for a PO box, right? Um, right. <laughs> they aren't cheap. Those things. I haven't even looked at the price of them to be fair, but um. I think the the one thing that has always been on my mind of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to progress to, um, I think it's much more of a um, kind of like a, a business prospect than anything. Um, right. I, I really want to, especially coming off the bat of, you know, DMCA is a big thing. Um, and I don't think it's something that's ever going to, leave the back of any music streamer's mind um right. so it's something that i really want to kind of end up doing which i don't think really relies too much on the viewer base um i think it depends entirely on the community itself but i want to start doing you know almost backing tracks and stuff like that which yeah it's something kind of something that's been on my mind for the the horizon of doing that um so you know the whole idea of you know fair use um kind of being able to play a song uh with under fair use you have to own everything or have right. you have to. to have a reasonable effort to have replicated everything yourself mm -hmm. which is yeah that, well, that starts to get into some crazy stuff there yeah so if if one day you know we could have i mean just thinking of rocksmith purely you know, on Customs Forge, a whole DMCA free um, section where you could play songs by bands that you know would normally be unsafe. Right. Uh, but you're actually downloading a cover version of that song that's totally safe for you to use. That's kind of where I want to go at some point. Um, not for my own benefit, but, you know, just to help the community in that kind of way. Because yeah. uh, that, that gets rid of so much uncertainty um it gives the same kind of um i guess show them what we're doing now apart from you might be missing out on vocals right um i don't know what else to say on it <laughs> well i was gonna say you can actually think back to if if anyone here is a guitar hero player the original guitar hero and guitar hero 2 all of the mainline songs that were not bonus songs or the like xbox 360 version exclusive those were all cover songs yeah every exactly. every single one in uh in the original two games and i don't even think a lot of people i think people realize it but they don't remember that though uh, it's, it's like a, it's a weird thing to think about you don't think back to guitar hero one and think oh my god those covers were so bad right I mean, Breaking the Law, covers, I think, but, yeah. uh, was in Guitar Hero 1, if I'm not mistaken. That's totally yeah. a cover, and, and people don't sit there and say, like, this game's unplayable because it's a cover. I, sure. I would almost say that most people don't even really notice, because that's not, it's not really the point. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. Now, I would like to to take that into a slightly different direction. Oh my god, Sadie's deciding that <laughs> it's playtime. I'd like to take that in a slightly different direction, though. Uh, I think doing covers and, and replicating everything yourself is an amazing idea, but I would love to see just a way to 
create monetization for the, the source material. And I've talked about this before, but those, those things are more of just like a software hurdle than anything, because what we're doing, it's yes, it's a gray area and stuff. And yes, labels, certain labels are cool, cool with it. Certain ones aren't, that's not really the whole point. It's, it's the whole thing of, look, I want to be in the, in the green or whatever of like, mm. what I'm doing is safe. What I'm doing is appropriate. It, it breaks no rules. You know, you, it, it sucks to sit in a gray area cause you don't want to sit there, but, um, you know, with, with the, the website pretzel rocks that does basically a, a form of Spotify in the way that you're allowed to stream it because they go based off of membership fees to pay out the artists and that's not how Spotify works. So they can actually see how many people listened to the song and the broadcast and, and different things like that and pay out that dividend accordingly. I mean, you know, for example, okay, Chris just stopped by every time I play the ghost inside on stream. I would love to take whatever contribution that I could possibly do and give it their way, but the technology doesn't exist to do that. And, uh, I think in the grand scheme of things, it would be amazing for say the next version of Rocksmith, which there is an active project that Ubisoft is working on. If they could work with someone like pretzel rocks to introduce the API of pretzel rocks into Rocksmith there would be an a, a ability to link your Twitch account. It would get your viewership numbers and it would tag all these things as stream safe, blah, blah, blah. And when you're done with it, it reports it back to the server. That server knows, Hey, pay out the artist X amount because 26 people just heard this. So it, it's just such a weird thing because at, at that point, now you're opening a new a new form of uh, a revenue stream. So mm. f f you're literally going from making no money and you know, someone's going to bop you <laughs> or whatever the day that they get mad or whatever they, they do this to now, Hey, what I'm doing is actually generating you revenue. And yeah. I mean, that that's kind of the goal, right? Yeah. You want to have not a... trying to hijack your, your thing, <laughs> but basically like what you're saying is, is great because that's basically making a cover of things. And then you're, you're also in the green again, but yeah. like, if we could take that a step further and just pay them out, because again, say you pay your membership fee is, is $10 a month or whatever like that. And all that goes to the, the pretzel rock server, the server picks it up, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll start to get people again, you'll get that whole thing where DistroKid, for example, is, is a distribution network that independent artists can put their music onto. So if you want to be on Spotify, if you've ever wanted to do that, the way you do it is you go to someone like DistroKid, you pay them money, they upload it to the stores. Well, they're now partners with Pretzel Rocks, so you can submit your, your stuff to them. And then, so that just means all these independent bands that do own all their stuff, they can just submit it and then whatever next rocksmith game or whatever ties into that and they get paid out royalties for it. So it, it, it's it, without doing anything different, our show, everything would stay exactly the same and we wouldn't lose money. They, they would just get money from it. 
so yeah. it, it's it's kind of a wild wild thing to think about is it's it's literally like it's a technology hurdle than anything and because of the covids and and all this it's like everyone kind of got caught like i guess with their pants down or whatever and they don't know what to do yeah uh, you know you, you take away gigs and the music industry loses a massive portion of their revenue stream who else, who are they gonna go after us <laughs> you know and, and the unfortunate thing is like yes it sucks <laughs> i mean yeah. it sucks the, the unfortunate thing is and, and i think what's so frustrating about it all is that it is something that could be fixed so quickly and so easily you know even if it's just uh, like you say with pretzel rocks you know just make an api for, for spotify Allow the streamer to pay, to pay for a streaming license, you right. know, and then and then track how many viewers are, are listening to their stream. You know, it's such an easy thing to to fix. And I mean, well, I can't. I don't know if it's easy. You know, I can't. It, it, it kind, kind of, of is. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, I'm I'm oversimplifying some of it, but uh, again, I mean, you get somebody from Pretzel Rocks involved, they would gladly work on, you know, they would gladly work with you because that means more people go to their platform as well. So it, sure. it's just like a win, win, win. They've already developed all the software, all the technology behind it. If you tell them like, I want our just dance game, I want our dance central game, whatever X, uh, rhythm game to be a part of this, then they just, you know, would hook into their library. And then you say streamer safe mode. And then it only gives you those things. It's like, great. I mean, I want to be able to play these games. <laughs> you know, if I could play some Dance Central or whatever on stream, uh, you know, with without having to fear copyright or whatever, yeah, sure, I'll do it. You know, it's cool. But it, it, it just kind of sucks because there, there's reasons that we could be past this point, but we're not. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is uh, unfortunate. I mean, thankfully, we're not in any imminent danger for what we're doing right now. But it it always sucks to have that in the back of your mind. Yeah, it it's a scary thing, you know. Especially when you're at a point where you think, you know, it is something that we could be doing properly, and uh, we're taking it so seriously um, to have that kind of. I mean, st streaming anyway is is a insecure kind of income right. anyway and to have that looming over your head of you know the main thing that you're doing is yeah. to also have this big record label shadow looming over you is even scarier so it's it's um very frustrating in that kind of sense yeah well uh seriously thanks again for your time uh do you have any closing words jolts p in chat Oh, Jolts P. All right. That's a, that's a good emote. <laughs> that is a very, very good emote. Uh, it's, it's seriously been fun. This went, uh, this went all according to plan, I would say, right? Yeah, I think it went well. Not bad. The Not bit bad. wasn't too bad, Eva. We, we passed the time quick, though. I mean, once you get going, it's, are you still drinking that? I, I've, I've gone about halfway. Oh uh, my God. I'm halfway on the second. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Um, seriously, I want to thank the audience. You guys have been incredible. I, I feel bad because I'm used to engaging with every single message on the chat and not being able to do that is, is uncomfortable <laughs> to me. 
but um, I'm showing you guys up right now. We're going to have a little after party in my Discord, exclamation point. Discord, we're going to hang out there. I don't think Jolter is going to... Jolter needs to go to bed. Let him go to bed. Um, but uh, it was it was a really fun time. I think we're going to maybe try to do this once a month. Uh, I will have a different different guest on the next time. I'm sorry, Jolter. If, if you want to be on any podcast, any podcast that you want to be on, you are more than welcome to. Thank you so much for for trying this out with me i know it's it's something that you haven't done before so yeah very new thing for for me and uh it's it's very strange i like it though that's cool though that's it's cool, cool. <laughs> i don't know it, it feels good to to do a little one-on-one i i've talked to you it over discord only a handful of times ever so it, it's yeah. interesting because our main form of communication is through our own stream chats yeah <laughs> which is it, so funny to me you know what's even weirder though is that whenever we've talked over voice we can't see each other but the fact right. that the fact <laughs> that we are now talking physically and we're looking through what we're used to talking to each other through as text-based like in, in a stream way <laughs> that's that's probably the weirdest thing for me like it i'm used weird. to watching you and then typing in a chat to talk to you right <laughs> exactly that <Very> odd. <laughs> oh my god yeah it's been uh it's been a freaking great time i, I really think that this went over pretty well uh, if anyone has any feedback for me feel free to toss it in discord i know it, it was maybe a little shaky in the start and then now sadie's tearing it up in the background being really <laughs> annoying but i i think that we're we're gonna improve this over time so uh, like I said, thanks for being my first guest ever. You were always welcome on the show from here on out. It was a pleasure, my friend. It was uh, it was a good time. Guys, I will see you over on Discord. And I'm actually going to leave the stream running for like just a little bit. If uh, if people in the voice chat want to, you know, shout something out, I, I will be in the bar. And uh, everybody have an awesome night. Just dance next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, 65 Days. Everyone, uh, cheers to you all. Have a great night. Yeah. Joltzer tried some PBR. He's uh, he's really taken it as a nice delicacy. All the way from, um, I don't know, Milwaukee. But I don't know if it's actually brewed there. It's probably brewed in like LA or something. But Seven pound of beer goodness. <laughs> Cost him uh, ten U.S. dollars uh, in in American to to get that over. What do you think now that it's warmed up a little bit? Same as His it was two hours ago. <laughs> I don't think I'm getting much out of him here. <laughs> it's drinkable. I think, I think the biggest thing to take away is that I can drink it and not complain about it. I'm just not enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Now, now you put yourself into into the venue, the venue mindset, and you've only got a few dollars or or whatever it is that you guys use. Um, it, it's it's a reasonable drink. I feel oh, like. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. also. I wish I could just send you my own compilation of shit beers, because I would give you a Milwaukee's best. I would give you the PBR, a Schlitz, a, a Stroh's, and a Ham's, and then we feel I feel like I need one more to round it out. Old style. 
old style. That would be great. I'm the feeling new uh, mindset. <laughs> I'm feeling a, a a whole new kind of Jolt Saw podcast coming along. Where I just <laughs> oh boy, I just rate beers from around the world. <laughs> from a non-beer drinker, <laughs> it's like uh, there's this one show where this um this guy with like an incredibly great beer palette tries like the most expensive beers and differentiates like which one is the cheap one and what one's not. Then we have the most inexperienced beer drinker palette <laughs> rates the beers. I think we got a good good new segment going on. Yeah, brand yeah, new show. Better. You know, <laughs> it's like beer. <laughs> I, I rate this one two and a half jolts out of five. Drink Honestly, I feel pretty good about that. A lot of people rate this beer very poorly. I'm I'm a big fan. It is a, an American adjunct lager, I believe is what we officially classify it as. But you do have to appreciate. That's some nice artwork. Very classic. Kind of reminds me of a streamer. Interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. Very cool. Very, very cool. That emote has nothing to do with the beer or anything like that. Oh, no. Sorry. I was thinking of something else anyway. Oh, okay. Good, good. Yeah. Well, well um, take care, everybody. Uh, here, I'm going to put you on the spot. Close it out for us. Spray and pray all day. Um, come watch me in English time at 7 p.m. Exclamation point podcast, please follow Joltzer. Wherever he is, he's over there somewhere. <laughs> All right, take care, Stay guys. Metal. Let's go. If, uh, if you want to hang out in Discord, I'm in there. Exclamation point Discord. Have a great night if, uh, if otherwise. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. <laughs>